0: Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by UE Insurance. Trustpilot rated us five stars for performance. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think UE.
1: It is NRL Fantasy Podcast time. Once again, time to go through all the Round 4 team lists and all the fantasy-relevant ins and outs. My name's Chris Kennedy. Your regular co-host, Dom Brock, is not here. He is expecting the birth of his first child. So our our congratulations go out to Dom and his partner, Ange. And in off the bench is Richie Kenzie. Richie, welcome to your NRL Fantasy Podcast debut.
0: Thanks, Chris. Uh, Great to be here. Uh, Pretty big shoes to fill for Dom, but uh, I'll give my best shot.
1: So just by way of background, uh, Richie and I were media colleagues in a previous iteration of our careers back when I was a finance journalist and Richie was covering travel at the time. Um, Richie belongs to one of the private fantasy leagues that I'm in, the La Rugby of Boys, and uh, was a pretty fair ring of achievements. A couple of overall and head-to-head sort of crowns in that time?
0: Yeah, I've done all right. Um, <laughs> two, two head-to-heads. Got a bit lucky last year winning from eighth, but um, yeah, I've acquitted myself pretty well, I guess. Plenty of fantasy
1: pedigree. So we'll get cracking straight into some team lists. Starts on Thursday night. The Roosters hosting the Broncos, and um, the Roosters probably the the big news for a lot of us. James Tedesco bounced back in a big way, lowish break even this week. Probably the time to get him if you want him. Uh, Cooper Cronk returns from a hamstring strain, pushing uh, Angus Crichton. We think back to the bench. That's where he's named at this point. So um, potentially a few more cash drops for him before he becomes a buy. Um, Richie, anything uh, catching your eye fantasy-wise in the uh, the Roosters lineup?
0: Well, obviously, it's pretty hard to go past James Sudesco uh, After a couple of quiet weeks to start, he was well and truly back in business. Um, I saw a statistic last week that he averaged 69 against Parramatta, and he well and truly exceeded <laughs> that with uh, two tries, as I recall. So, um, yeah, his break-evens, up to about 35, I Correct. think. Correct, yeah. Which makes him loom as a buy if you didn't start him. I think he's about 80,000 down on his starting price. So if you don't have him and you don't have some uh, other problems to deal with, and there are a few this week, um, if you're in that fortunate bracket, then perhaps you'd be considering getting him this week.
1: There are a few, we'll get to those shortly. Probably Victor Radley's the other one worth mentioning because Jake Friend is out for, we don't think a long time, probably just one week with that shoulder injury that's been troubling him. Um, just bear in mind, Radley's 50 was boosted by a try last week. Over at the Broncos, the big in is uh, Matthew Lodge, who's back from a two-game suspension, which I don't think bodes well for uh, one of our fairly popular cash cows in uh, Thomas Flegler, who has had one good game and two. Pretty quietish ones. Um, elsewhere, Jack Bird is chugging along pretty nicely in the centres. Rich, any Broncos in your lineup?
0: Yeah, I've got Flegler and Bird as I think most people do. Um, Bird, yeah, just keeps getting it done. Basically, it's starting at a uh, virtually a base price, and he's pumping out numbers that are just about keeper worthy. So obviously, no hurry to do anything with him. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Flegler seems to be uh, largely minutes based. Uh, he got best part of a half, as I recall, two weeks ago, and pumped out a 50-plus score, which was encouraging. But yep. in about 30 minutes. Last week, only the uh, the teen score, so he's probably not one to risk in your uh, in your run on side, but probably still has a bit of money to be made. I think he's still got to break even around around zero.
1: A few other reshuffles in the forward pack um, with Lodger's return. Tavita Pango Jr. goes to lock, which is probably his best position fantasy-wise. He hasn't really he's played well without really scoring uh, explosively uh, thus far. Matt Gillett shifts wider, which is probably good for his minutes and not so good for his points per minute. But um, he's been a little bit underwhelming fantasy-wise thus far. And um, David Fafita back to the bench. Uh, second game of the round, Friday afternoon, Warriors up against the Titans. Both teams extremely disappointing um, so far this season. Warriors, uh, after a good round one, of put in two stinkers, and the the Titans actually not too bad against South, but they're 0-3, the only team yet to register a win, so they'll be eyeing this one off as a chance. Um, Warriors in amongst the carnage, Roger Tuavasa shek and Isaiah Papali'i scored pretty well. Um, they are missing Adam Kieran, unfortunately, who's the first of our big drummers for the week, who's uh, who's been binned after, um, I don't know if you can really blame the, the Warriors' worries on him, but his kicking probably wasn't up to scratch uh, in that uh, round three loss. Any thoughts on...
0: Yeah, um, it's a bit unfortunate for fantasy coaches and uh, probably for the young man himself. He started uh, with a bang in round one, but a bit subdued the last few rounds. It uh, does open the door for uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita at uh, 5'8", who's another uh, bargain basement uh, half. There's been plenty of them this year, but again, you'd have to probably question uh, his job security in the short term and uh, maybe not the solution to the uh, the Kieran problem now. Whether he's a sell, it's up in the air. He's made a little bit of money, but there's, I guess, no guarantee he won't return. So... Uh, again, if you've got um, bigger fish to fry this week, you might be one to hold.
1: Well, wholesale dramas for probably most of us in terms of our fantasy teams, but if uh, if anyone's just carrying Adam Kieran as their only drama, potentially a, a worthwhile cash down to Chanel harris Do you think? Or, I mean...
0: I'm not sure Harris is the answer necessarily, but um, if you've got dramas in the hearts and obviously a bit more to talk about later, uh, yeah. yeah, he's got. Uh, he's probably he's made well over 100 grand. Uh, there's a bit of a uh, bit of gold in those hills, so it's a consideration. Um, also, as you mentioned before, Isaiah Papali. Now that he looks like he's Firmly in the starting rotation, well, ideally um, in the second row, a lot of people eye him off as a uh, mid-tier sort of cash cow potential keeper this year, so he's one to watch as well. Scored well on the weekend, scored the first try, uh, which obviously boosted his score, but... um He's got a pretty good work rate, so one to keep an eye on.
1: Did you entertain thoughts of Lachlan Burr at any point? Because I was pretty down on him in the pre-season just due to job security and previous unimpressive fantasy scores, but he's actually gone all right.
0: Yeah, I, I did myself for the exact same reasons. Um, the, the fact that he started uh, at 13 for the first three rounds probably helped him get some points that I think not many of us foresaw. Um, I know a few people who picked him up. Now back to the bench, but he's got some 30s and 40s in his rolling rotation, so he's probably still got a bit of money to make. Um, um, not a buy now, but uh, yeah. if you started with him, you've um, you've probably done better than a lot of us.
1: Now, the Titans are a bit new look this week because they finally got their halves back on deck. Tyron Roberts and Ash Taylor both named a start. Um, Riley Jacks is hanging around in the reserves as backup if either of them missing quite over their respective niggles. Now, um, I'm going to blame you with the coach's curse on Jay Arrow because I know you brought him in after his explosive 81 Apologies. in round two. <laughs> yeah. um, it's all right. I've put the mock on a couple already this year. Um, are we expecting him to bounce back? Because he had a tough time against South with six missed tackles, but you'd think against the Warriors he should do a bit better.
0: Yeah, I mean... The Warriors have been uh, relatively porous, as we know, and uh, Souths look like the benchmark team in the comp at this point, so I'd probably just put it down as a a single-round aberration. Um, Statistics from last year suggest that when he got 55 minutes plus, this is Jairo, uh, he averaged just a tick over 60, so there's certainly a precedent to say that if he gets the minutes, he gets the points. Um, If you own him, I certainly wouldn't uh, go the knee-jerk option. I'd just sit back and see what he does this week, and, um, yeah, the six mixed tackles obviously... um, had an influence on the score too, so just wait yeah, and see.
1: Complete absence of attacking stats. I think he had one offload and no tackle breaks or something, which is pretty out of character um, by his standards. Now, do we need to talk about Bryce Cartwright? Because I've been, <laughs> I've been right off him. Um, but he started last week. He got through eighty minutes, and uh, I think fifty on the nose by the uh, the end of the match. And he's available in the halves, which is a bit of a problematic position all of a sudden this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a few people to talk about in the uh, in the uh, Titans lineup this week. Uh, Bryce is another one. He's uh, burnt a lot of coaches who started with him last year at a uh, at a bargain price. Um, he's uh, he's missed tackle. Uh, capabilities have also put the frighteners on a few people. <laughs> um, but he seems to have got that out of his game the last week or two. Mm. Uh, 80 minutes, obviously, very encouraging. There's not that many guys out there who are going to likely get 80 minutes in the short term uh, and who are still priced under 300000 uh, And when he's on, he can perform well. Um, I'm saying, potentially, with the, um, the halves crisis we're in the middle of now, that he looks... He looms as a buy, certainly.
1: Mm. I was... Yeah, I was very much... On the avoid Bryce bandwagon But now with uh, Kieran and Brown both falling over And most of us probably not having a, a huge bank To upgrade straight to a keeper He's potentially a little bit of a, um, a mid-range option to, to get us through some problematic times in the short term um, Second game the um, Just before you
0: go on yeah. there We should probably mention Mitch Rain as well uh, we've got a, yeah, That
1: was remiss of me
0: A fair bit happening in the uh, in the Titans squad at the moment Do you want to take it away?
1: Yeah, the number one buy <laughs> I've lined him up as a buy this week <laughs> Although I've got a few other spot fires to put out And um, Yeah, so what, he got 55 last week coming in for Nathan Peets, who's out for uh, three months, break even down around 17. He's pretty much just an absolute lock-in moneymaker plus reliable top 17 scorer, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, along with him and, and Mike Ocevo for Parramatta, who we'll discuss later, they, they certainly shape as the obvious buys this week if um, you don't have other fires to put out. But um, yeah, it's uh, Reigns the rescue again. I think the exact same thing happened last season. He came in at a, a middling price and did the business for about eight weeks. He's very capable of scoring 50 virtually in, in tackles in base stats. Um, and if unless you've got a lot of problems this week, I'd uh, strongly be advising adding him to your roster.
1: Yeah, I do have a lot of problems this week and I'm still pretty sure I'm going to get him in for um, Reid. Marnie who has, uh, we'll talk about him but he's tapered off a little bit um, now onto the, the Cleary Cup um, Ivan <laughs> up against his, his former club, We've plenty of feeling um, in this one, a few stories uh, on NRL.com from Michael Chalmers through the week, just the, um, the hidden story about how that all unfolded, uh, should be certainly one to watch, now in terms of the Panthers they were not good against the Storm in Bathurst last week um, where do we start with these guys Kikau's back which is going to help them Um, Dylan Edwards has been certainly lacklustre for those that own him he's probably a sell, Nathan Cleary not hitting any great heights but the fact that he can score okay despite the team not going well is reasonably encouraging, Um, what do you make of this Panthers lineup?
0: Yeah I mean the Panthers are a team I always seem to look at as being um, very powerful on paper but um, you know they just haven't quite delivered so far this year, obviously they had the pre-season which would have been a bit unsettling Uh, Dylan Edwards, I came up against him in a couple of leagues last week which uh, ended up being quite fortuitous, He's, (laughs) he's clearly a good kid he's clearly got a lot of um positive attributes but there's just his game seems a bit error riddled at the moment down on confidence um obviously this is a a, a football issue a uh, fantasy issue he's probably not if you've got him you'd probably be considering one of the other sort of big three fullback options obviously um yeah. tommy turbo uh, back with the bang last week we'll discuss him in a minute but um beyond him um nathan cleary uh was not one of the most expensive halves. There were a couple more expensive options and he's more or less justifying um, his price tag at the moment, scoring around the 50 mark without setting the world on fire. Um, Yeah, beyond that, the the Panthers just seem a bit lost now, and as you say, this uh, shapes as being a a bit of a a game of feeling and... Uh, could kickstart their season mm, up against the uh, the Tigers, who were stunned, you have to say, by the
1: the Bulldogs on Sunday. Most people were tipping the Tigers to go three and zero, and they um, they never really looked like it um, against a, a rejuvenated Bulldogs lineup. Uh, they've lost Benji Marshall to a hamstring strain. Josh Reynolds gets his first game of the year after playing pretty well in uh, Canterbury Cup last week. Um, Luke Garner gave us a few scares. Went off with a shoulder injury. Um, somehow only played half an hour, but still scored 47 points, boosted by a try, which was extremely handy after like he was going to finish up with a single digit score and If anyone took a pun on Robbie Farah at the start of the season, they're laughing at the moment.
0: Absolutely. He's uh, turned back the clock. A lot of attacking stats in the first two rounds, a few tries in there, a handful of try assists as well. Um, If you did have him, bravo. Um, Last weekend was pretty much more of the uh, the sort of standard um, business-as-usual Robbie with about 60-odd or high 50 tackles. Um, Just doing what Robbie does has the potential to go big when he adds attacking stats. Um, Beyond Farah... the guy who's got my interest this week is um, the uh, the prop, Alex Twal, in, in number 10. Yeah, um, He's got uh, some pretty uh, impressive numbers in terms of points per minute and the fancy uh, stakes. Um, the question is just whether he retains sort of 50-plus minutes routine. It looks like he's made the position of his own this year. Uh, almost 70 minutes on the weekend, which uh, there's been some suggestion, may have had something to do with Garner's injury and a few other mm. uh, shuffles. But, um, yeah, look, if you've again, if you don't have a lot of other issues to deal with this week and you want a prop who looks like he could score 50 plus on a 40 um, price tag. He's one to consider. Uh, Ryan Madison. I think I read just recently. He scored fifty-one points three weeks running, which is <laughs> some sort of record, I think. But certainly um, a marker consistency. Yeah, he's doing what it says on the tin. Basically, I think he's um, <laughs> he's just slightly uh, outperforming his starting price. But um, again, looks pretty good. If you can get a few sixties out of him, you'd be you'd be very happy.
1: And uh, SR Masters. We should mention he got sixty something last week, sixty-four, I think. So uh, obviously, starting as a premium center in a spot where there's a lot of you know, premium scorers for a cheap price. I don't know how many people actually own him, but um, he's doing very, very well at the moment. Um, I'll just touch on Twal before we move on because he was on my radar before all the other drummers emerged on uh, when the team list came out. But like you said, a, a PPM beast going about a point per minute. I think he finished up with about 67 minutes mm. um, on the weekend with obviously um, Garner spending most of the, the game off the field and also Mahe Fanua going for an HIA in the first half. That sort of migrated... Uh, Josh Alloye and Michael Cheekham into other spots on the field, which had a flow-on effect, I think, to um, 12 minutes. But even averaging, what, 50, 55 minutes, you'd you'd expect, you know, basically a point per minute. So not the worst option there. Um, Heading forward to Manly up against the Rabbitohs at Lotto Land, 3 p.m. on Saturday. Um, Manly uh, were pretty impressive against the Warriors. They hit back in a big way, Tommy Turbo and Daly Cherry Evans, 80-plus scores for them. Um, Reuben Garrick chugging along pretty nicely, starting to make some money now with a couple of scores in the thirties. Um, Martin Tapao uh, was a little bit of a concern week one, but he's um, he's put a, put together a few scores as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, um, a bit of a Tapao acolyte, and um, yeah, again, the minutes with a lot of props, the key to their success. Um, he still hasn't really. Um, done amazing things in terms of attacking stats either, obviously hasn't crossed mm. the line but normally his tackle busts are uh, again an important part of his uh, his appeal and he hasn't really been busting the tackles in a big way, he's capable of sort of racking up 8 or 10 when he really goes on a tear so um, if you own him, I've seen a few people suggesting maybe cash him down to someone else and I, I'm not sure that's that's no. the play, he's certainly doing well enough, um, obviously as you mentioned um, Tommy Turbo and um, Daily Cherry Evans, basically the, uh, the architects of that uh, big win on the weekend which uh, safe yep. to say, Manley sorely needed. Um, both scoring, I believe, over about seventy-five. Uh, and again, um, if, you, if you're looking at buying um, Tommy at the moment, my probably advice would be, he's still at the price he started at last year, which was. Um, uh, based around his his um, average score from the previous year, so yeah. right now you're probably if you're looking at buying, you're probably going to get him at a, at a super premium given that he's just pumped out a huge m- number. So um, advice would probably be to wait on him just a little bit. Um, mm. Cherry Evans, um, as always, you know he tends to finish the season as a top three half, and that was just another example of what he can do on the weekend. Uh, Jake Trevojevic, who's in a lot
1: of teams, slightly underwhelming at 51. He sort of um, was, was chugging along very slowly for, for most of the game and then ended up edging past the 50 mark. Um, the one other guy to mention would be Corey Waddell, who I mm. think you snapped up at a bargain basement price.
0: Yeah, I grabbed him after uh, week two, first week in. A, uh, a middling 25 score. I mean, the, the question around what Waddell is always going to be um, his minutes. Uh, there was a suggestion he got some inflated minutes in the second week, which might be the case. I think he scored... Um, he's 25 in about 30, 35 minutes, which is a pretty good sort of point per minute average. And again, he sort of looms as a, uh, a slow burner um, if you pick him up. Uh,
1: the other team change was Moses Soorley out for disciplinary reasons. Brendan uh, Elliott back in the centres. Not really fantasy relevant, I think. So we'll kick on to the Rabbitohs. Um, a lot of guys under injury clouds here. So um, they've lost Braden Burns, unfortunately, which has really ruined a whole lot of us. So I'll put my hand up and say I put the coach's curse on him when I brought him in last week. Just for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry to everyone who already owned him, like Richie. Um, so he's out. Uh, Greg Inglis, named to return. He does have a, a shoulder complaint, and I'd say he's less than 100% guaranteed to play at this point. Uh, Cody Walker at six, also in some sort of doubt with a shoulder complaint, picked up in a tackle last week. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Damian Cook's going pretty well, although he is shedding a little bit of cash from a a super premium price. Um, Cameron Murray doing wonderful things at lock with um, plenty of attacking stats, boosting him to, I think, three straight scores in the mid-50s.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Murray, if you started with him, and I know a lot of serious fantasy players did, is doing exactly what people would want and more. I think he was priced about 39 40 to start, so he's well and truly exceeding uh, expectations there. Um, I guess the stories of the year, um, as you said, cooked down a little bit on his on his very high price tag to start, which is probably not that surprising given he cost the, mm. um, the thick edge of a million dollars to start <laughs> the season. Um, Sam Burgess uh, has yeah. been, obviously, I'm sure he's been discussed in previous weeks, um, consistently good scores, not quite the whopper of the first two weeks. Last Week, but if you started with him, well played. And uh, Adam Reynolds, yeah, I think he knocked out 80 on the weekend and just uh, looked like you know the all-purpose half, doing everything. Um, you know, when he's on uh, and and the rabbits are on, you can expect mm. big scores from him. The only uh, issue with Reynolds sometimes is his durability. He's had a few good stints on the sideline with injuries, but. Fingers crossed if you own him, he stays uh, well and truly healthy and keeps knocking out those numbers. Yeah, massive kick metres on the weekend. I think 560-odd
1: kick metres. And obviously, as a sharpshooter, he gets plenty of goals when the the Rabbitohs are going well. Um, Shall we mention Corey Allen before we move on? He now looks set for, you'd have to think, at least a month or so in the side with so many injuries in the back line. Um, finished up in the mid-20s, I think, with a try last week. So not exactly uh, monstrous scoring, but potentially a, a cash down.
0: Yeah, he was a pre-season favourite, as I recall. A lot of people were expecting him to be named in the round one side and there was a bit of disappointment when he wasn't. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the issue with Burns is um, probably more than his... Um, Cash-making ability, which he's already put on about 100 grand in the first few weeks. I think he's priced about 420 now. It was more the fact that he was shaping up as a reliable 40-point scorer in a, uh, yeah. in a slightly unreliable position. I know a lot of people have short suited themselves um, on the fullback line. And he was available there too. That's myself included. So to lose him uh, means a bit of um, cheap winger roulette. So that's a bit of a disappointment. And. We hope he's back, but probably prognosis looks like at least four to six weeks, which would um, mark him down as a sell, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that is the case. Uh, Cowboys up against the Raiders on uh, Saturday afternoon up there in Townsville. Um, Cowboys were ahead at halftime, and then just completely fell in a heap as the Sharks ran amuck in that first 20 minutes uh, after the break last week. Um, fantasy-wise, Michael Morgan going okay, making a bit of cash, not setting the world on fire. Jordan Carr, who hasn't really... Uh, made much cash at all. He's sort of, you know, just beaten his his break even every week for a little bit of um, money making. Um, I'm not sure there's anyone else in the lineup you'd really be looking at too closely.
0: Yeah, one guy I'll mention as well, and there's a bit of this this year, is the uh, the mid to sort of high price props. Um, Jordan McLean was someone I actually eyed off pre-season and uh, didn't pull the trigger. But he started the year a bit like, uh, a bit like David Clemmer for the Knights with some um, inflated scores, sort of looking at 50 numbers. Um, and he appears to be at face value with um, Jason Tamalolo's injury to be the beneficiary there. Pumped out another 50-plus yep. score. Uh, again, he's high-priced, and you'd probably be getting him purely because is out, but he's just an interesting one who has not historically been super fantasy relevant, but um, looks um, you know, uh, uh, to have some potential. Uh, Josh Maguire, I guess, in the same category as well, but um, McLean's sort of the one for me, as you mentioned. Mm. Uh, Michael Morgan churning out 30s, 40s, and, and had a, a boomer score the other week, so he's uh, he looks a hold. Uh, Jake Clifford, the other one who came in last week, his yep. halves partner, a young fella, um, didn't didn't put on a massive score um, early days, but my understanding is some pretty good reps on him, and um, he's not priced at basements. um which I think he was about 390,000 to start with. So again, kind of makes you question whether he's a pickup. Uh, he's probably a wait and see. If he puts together some big scores, then mm. it'd be a maybe. But I think most people have got bigger issues at the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. Probably needs some um, some stronger form from the the Cowboys to really shape as a, a buy. Having a look at the Raiders, I think the two stories here are the. Um, there's one guy I'm really glad is in my team, and one guy that we're both kicking ourselves <laughs> we didn't start with. Um, let's start with John Bateman because he has just been an absolute fantasy sensation in three games so far.
0: Well, as a Raiders fan, I'm absolutely adoring it. As a non-owner yeah. <laughs> in fantasy terms, I'm not loving it so much. Um, yeah, he just looks like. Uh, looks like a ready-made footballer coming over he's taken no time to acclimatise to the uh, Australian conditions Um, he's just everywhere in the game very very busy player makes a lot of tackles loves taking on the line um sliced through a few times last week and um, put up a you know 90-point score, which had non-owners well and truly salivating. Um, yes, up to an awkward price now of about 700 grand, which puts mm. him around about sort of that 46, 47 average mark, which is probably closer to what you're going to get long-term. I wouldn't expect 90 every week, uh, as nice as that no. would be. But, um, yeah, look, and again, I keep saying it, if you don't have bigger issues this week, um, I know a lot of people eye him off because... You know, after the second week, 50 odd, first week, 60, you thought, can it get better? And it just did. So. Mm. He's very hard to leave out at the moment. Well, he got moved wider because Joe Tarpany was out, and we kind of thought, is
1: that going to dent his, you know, his work rate in the middle, where you're kind of involved in everything? And it just it went up. He got he had more room to move, and all of a sudden he was just breaking tackles for fun. It's like he had spiders on him. The, you know, they the Knights didn't defend him particularly well, but they really um, were, were struggling to contain him. And he's he's that sort of player you like in fantasy who just completely you know dominates the ball when he's when he's around it. Um, and let's talk about Charles Nicol clockstad who I was lucky enough to start with. He's um, Put together two pretty encouraging scores in the first two weeks before uh, a two try seventy one on the weekend, which is fantastic news.
0: Yeah, again has Raiders fans smiling from a uh, football perspective, and um, yeah, he just I think with two forty scores to start, everyone was pretty happy with that. Um, coming at a almost rookie price, around about three hundred grand, um, very very quickly accruing cash, which is great for his owners. But probably more importantly, is just providing um, reliable points in the fullback position right now.
1: Not probably too much else to talk about Raiders-wise. Just be aware that uh, Joe Tarpany is named in the reserves and could potentially be a laid in um, with that thumb injury. Yeah, um,
0: Hudson Young and Corey Horsbro the two rookies there who, again, not getting massive minutes, sort of yeah. putting up teens and 20 scores at, at basement price, but I don't think either of them are a buy. It's
1: better options elsewhere, yeah. So the Eels and Sharks is the third game on Saturday. Some pretty major outs for both teams. Um, let's start off at Parramatta because just like Adam Kieran, Dylan Brown is also gone. Kieran dropped Brown injured. He's got a, a back complaint. He's out indefinitely according to the club. We don't know if it's an indefinitely two to three weeks and he might be all right or an indefinitely three to four months and he won't be back anytime soon at this point. So um, I, I actually can't sell him this week. I've got too many other issues, but it's a, um, it's a bit of a headache for owners.
0: Yeah, halves McGeddon this week, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the two uh, rookie halves, who just about everyone started the season with, I think, ownership of Brown, most owned player in the compound, 58%, yeah. which yeah. is extremely high. Yeah. Kieran is in the high 40s, so big headaches for a lot of people, especially those who went in a bit short on halves and may find themselves with. Um, Just the one this week, Chris, which is possibly you. I'm quite lucky I've uh, managed to avoid that little issue. But, um, yeah, look, um, it's a real question of how long he's out for, I guess. Um, He's probably not an urgent sell if he sort of looks to be back in even three or four weeks. I mean, he's got a lot more money to make. He's a a very promising young footballer. Um, The other one to talk about is um, the Parramatta winger, um, Sivo, who after a a very quiet game to start, a middling game, round two, uh, put on the afterburners last week and... um, was channelling uh, radrager there. He really was. A couple of tries, I think nine tackle busts. He was very uh, hard to handle. That score of 73 has got him at a break even of around about minus 20. It's firmly minus underground. Minus 21, I think, yeah. Yeah, so he um, looks like he'd have some, some big cash to make, especially if he can string together a couple of, of even moderate scores the next few weeks. So mm. he's well and truly on my radar.
1: Yeah, that uh, that performance will do his confidence a world of good and it's only going to sort of improve his, his performances going forward. Um, team-wise, Jamin Salmon starts in the halves for uh, for Dylan Brown um, Reid Marnie, who a lot of people are still running with I think I'm selling this week Only 31 last week once the attacking stats dried up Could be set for 80 Although they do have Matt McCurick named in the reserve So if he comes into the 17 Reed Marnie will be back down to his usual 60-65 minutes um, Back rowers, Sean Lane and Marati and Yukore Both in quite a few teams Both middling sort of 30 scores last week Probably a hold in both cases um, should we have a look at the Sharks? Because they uh, have a, one of the most popular cheapies of the pre-season, Bronson Sherry, um, didn't make the team round one. So he's caught in to the centres with Josh Dugan replacing an injured Matt Moylan at fullback. We're thinking at least four weeks for Moylan, which makes uh, Bronson Sherry reasonably enticing. Um, elsewhere in the team, Britton Acora just absolutely killing it. Still up about 250 grand already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what can we say about Nukor? He's an absolute gift from the fantasy gods. Available at centres. Start the year with him. Fire and forget. Um, his partner in the second row court, Capewell, another one. You can basically run it all... Um, Sharks centre pairing with those two guys, both available in the uh, in the centres. Kate Wall not quite as uh, explosive, but you know just quietly knocking out thirties and sort of low forty scores, which is more than you need in the in an awkward spot at this time of the year. Uh, Andrew Fafita, a lot of people captained him last week. Not a bad score, just not mm. quite his um, destructive best. Just just shy of fifty there. I know Jaden Braley pumped out a pretty good number, but he's less fantasy relevant than in, in years past. Sean Johnson, another one I notice he's just yep. quietly got his average over fifty. Uh, he's probably adding guess um, a little bit of a discount on this starting price and I mean you know what can you say about Sean Johnson you know what you're going to get long term he's um, does everything very handy kick for goal as well so um, one to watch he's probably a mid-season upgrade target if you don't have him now
1: yeah for sure I was thinking he'd take longer to find his straps than what he what he actually has and uh, yeah pretty quiet round one and then two really good scores round two and round three combining well with Nakora on that edge which is good for both of their scores Mm. Um, getting through the the goals as well Uh, The next game is the Storm up against the Bulldogs uh, Sunday afternoon down there at Amy Park. Storm just keep getting it done. Cameron Smith just keeps getting it done. If you've got him in your team, make him captain and just set and forget. Um, Elsewhere in the team, not a huge amount going on.
0: Yeah, not too much uh, for the Storm. I mean... um their, uh, their bench is pretty much, um, it's normally the sort of the, the Bellamy way. Um, they don't tend to get huge minutes. Brandon Smith was one who was appealing to a few people at the start of the year, but again, he's, he's still very much in that understudy role to, um, to Cameron. So, um, you know, again, he's at that awkward price, so he's, he's not really one to entertain. Um, they're just a, a, just a strong football side across the line. Um, I'm an owner of Brodie Croft who's in, I think, only about 2% of teams, and again, if you're one of the handful of people out there like me who chanced him at the start of the year, the jury's still out, the numbers haven't been too encouraging, I'm hoping for 50s and sort of mm. getting high 30s, low 40s, so um, yeah, I, you'd probably want to see him really smash out some numbers like he did at the end of last year before you, you thought about investing.
1: He's a weird one, he um, had a, a huge score, I think, on debut two years ago, he was massive in that World Club mm. Challenge game, and then a lot, of, a lot of people, including myself, started with him last year, and he'd put together a few 20 scores before he sort of got phased out and ended up getting dropped and now you, you kind of, it's, I guess it's frustrating because you know how big the, the ceiling is but he's just not quite reaching it.
0: I think uh, part of the problem for him is Cameron Munster's really lighting up at the moment. He's, I think mm. he's got his average up to 50 and he's just a very dynamic player so there's only so many points to go around in the halves. Uh, the other one to mention to you Chris is the, um, the Bromwich brothers who've started the year uh, particularly Kenny with um, mm. some inflated stats but um, we're not thinking their buys.
1: No, well, we, uh, we all thought that Kenny would sort of lose his spot to Joe Stimson, who I think came back in the Intrust Cup last week but hasn't made their 21, so it's at least one more week safe as houses for, for Kenny Bromwich. But, yeah, I'd certainly be steering clear in a fantasy sense, like you mentioned, inflated by some, uh, by some tries. Yeah. Um, taking a look at the Bulldogs, who um, all of a sudden played really, really well in round three after ringing some mass changes, um, to be fair, changes that a lot of us thought they, you know, Team selections they should have started with, including Nick Meany at fullback, Reese Martin back into the starting team. Fantasy wise, uh, Jaden that the debutant winger, went pretty well 200 odd metres and a, a 30 score. Um, uh, Dylan Napa, who we. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have uh, I know you sold after round one He's somehow strung together two try scoring games After I think two or three tries in 120 odd games Which uh, was fairly unexpected
0: Yeah I know the man whose shoes I'm filling um, uh, Dom uh, is an owner of, of Napa And unlike me a much more patient man And is now <laughs> well and truly reaping the rewards I think of 60 and 56 the last two weeks uh, His price is skyrocketing So if you are one of the uh, people who started with him At I think a price tag of around 340 Pretty mm-hmm. modest uh, You'd just be absolutely taking it to the bank right now uh, yeah, the Dogs looked a completely rejuvenated team last week. he was busy down at fullback. Um, some pretty good toe on the kid. Uh, set up a, a fairly pivotal try in the context of the game. Uh, yeah, Ocon bore on the wing. Uh, a bit of a character, if you saw his post-game interview as well, <laughs> but um, looks, a, looks a promising footballer as well. And yeah, I think it just it finally clicked for the Dogs. Um, fantasy-wise, I know a few of us own uh, Aiden, Aiden Tolman, or Aiden Toilman, as a few people have dubbed him. <laughs> uh, he finally got the minutes that he probably, his owners would have been looking for um, in recent weeks. I think he played 55 minutes for 55 straight before I got interchanged. So it's basically, I think it's
1: 51 in 55 minutes in that. Uninterrupted spell, and
0: that was his day after that, wasn't it? But still, um, solid mm. minutes there. The other one uh, we mentioned uh, before the show uh, was uh, Lachlan Lewis at yeah. half, who has really been uh, tearing up, Chris.
1: In uh, in both wins and losses. So when the dogs were sort of really getting pummeled around in in week one and week two, he was still producing huge numbers of uh, kick meters and and getting through his defensive work and putting up fifty plus scores. And when the dogs came good, he still had you know. A few attacking stats to cancel out whatever he lost and still huge kick metres with, uh, was it 60-odd, I think? So you're doing fantastic stuff for his owners. Um, team-wise, obviously the big news there is Kieran Foran's out. He actually had a good score last week, but he's really well. been uh, fantasy-relevant before Jack Cogger comes in, but priced at 30-odd is probably one to avoid in the short term. Last but not least, the uh, the Knights up against the Dragons on Sunday evening up there in the Hunter. Um, probably the big news for fantasy coaches is uh, the Callan Ponger halves experiment is over. He's back at fullback. When should we be
0: buying him? Well, that is the question. Um, again, fullback is a position where it's, um, it's other than the, uh, the cheapies and a few cheap wingers, it's been uh, a little bit difficult this year. Well, to start the year, um, Tedesco obviously op- off the boil until last week. Um, look, he was just rolled gold last year, yeah. um, starting at a fairly moderate price and just lit up. I think he finished the season with an average of 53, which is well and truly um, super elite for a fullback. You get him at a pretty good discount now. I think his price has dropped uh, red about 120 grand or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and as was mentioned um, a while ago, his uh, break even is still pretty astronomical. So huge, yeah. it's a wait and see. If he has sort of a quiet 30 or 40, game at, at fullback this week and he's named there next week, then it's probably almost time to pounce, I'd say. he's, um, If he does retain the fullback spot for the, the rest of the year and it looks like that's his best position mm-hmm. on, on face value, then he's a must-buy in the next probably two or three weeks. Yeah, worth mentioning the guy
1: that started the season at fullback, Connor Watson, is still out injured and he's back soon. So I guess it's theoretically possible he comes back at fullback, but uh, all the mail is that uh, that experiment is over for now and Ponga will be the number one for this foreseeable future. Dragons, the big out there is uh, Gareth Whitcup, who unfortunately has done his shoulder again. He's out for it's going to be at least a few months. It means Matt Dufty comes straight in at fullback, and um, Cameron McInnes is probably a, a walk-up 80-minute hooker now.
0: Yeah, well, he was outstanding last weekend. know, um, yeah, a powerful try just on the spot, put a few steps on. Um, I mean, we know from uh, past experience, the last two or three years, he's probably one of the three hookers you want on your team at the end of the year to go with um, with Cook and. Um, Smith, Captain yeah. Cam, yeah, yeah. he's uh, he, he finished the season very strongly last year, as I recall. So th- those three yeah. guys are probably late season ambitions, but. Um so long as he's playing 80, he, he makes a huge amount of points in, in base, uh, tackle machine but yep. he certainly has it in his game to make the odd line break, a few try assists in there and uh, yeah, it's great when he gets over.
1: Bit of an underrated running game because everyone's sort of distracted by how good the Cookie is off the mark but he's um, he's one of the better running dummy halves going around. Um, Fantasy wise, it looks like I sold Michaela Ravalawa a tiny bit too early. When I ditched him in round one, he's going okay. Um, in the forward pack, Jacob Host and Blake Laurie both named to start yet again. Host has been a bit under Laurie's going well and managed to retain his starting gig when, um, when Corbin Sims came back from suspension last week and that's the case again this week, although Tyson Frizzell is getting closer to a return.
0: Yeah, it was very much a case, I think, after round one of do we buy Jacob Host or do we buy Blake Laurie? Mm. And I know the owners who would have been happier after that transaction. Uh, I, <laughs> I pulled the host rein, which is so far not looking right, although he retains his spot on the side, which is encouraging enough. Laurie, there was some talk that um, Corbin Sims' return would, would push him um, out of the lock position. But for the time being, he's retaining the starting role. Um, I mean, it's not massive, but he's... He's been good for sort of high 30s, uh, mm. 40s scores, which, uh, you know, that's really, really what you want from a um, base pricer. Whereas Host, uh, I think he started with 40 week one, very encouraging, and then after that, teen score, 29 last week. So the jury's out. There's still money to yeah. be made. Hang on to him.
1: Hey, Definitely hang on to both. Yeah, Blake Laurie's certainly much better in terms of a, a points-per-minute um, performer. And mm. uh, I think encouragingly for, for Laurie owners is that... Um, the Dragons won last week with Corbin on the bench and I think Corbin sort of alleviated that half-hour point drop-off that they've had when their their best forwards go off to have someone
0: of Corbin's quality come in. Just before we jump off that game, do you want to quickly go back one team and talk about Mason Lino, who makes his uh, debut,
1: as I understand. Did we mention Mason? Uh, certainly in for his club debut, which is um, maybe a tiny bit of a surprise. I think he's only played um, a very short amount of footy this year because he had an interrupted pre-season with injury. Um, someone you're eyeing, eyeing off at all?
0: No, not really. I mean, again, you'd probably want to wait and see what he actually does, but um, I just spotted his name on the on the team sheet. there, obviously... Uh, a fair bit of shuffling going on at the uh, at the Knights' backline at the moment. Will
1: we'll be interesting to see what happens to their um, attacking structures with Leno in, and and probably interesting to note that um the the Warriors halves with the dramas they're having that uh Mason Leno makes his club debut at Newcastle the same week that Warriors drop Kieran for for Chanel Harris-Tavita. Probably some seller's remorse, perhaps, at some point. Possibly a touch. We'll get cracking on some questions. There are heaps this week. We'll get through as many as we possibly can, but it probably won't be all of them. Starting off with the rogue villain who's thinking of selling Jake Friend to uh, John Bateman at the Raiders via McCulloch. Um, It still has Reed Marnie on the bench. Um, I quite like that for a trade.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's not a bad one. Um, Obviously, um, Bateman... Uh, it has just been outstanding. He's been the form player of the first three rounds. Uh, I, I'm not sure about um, Friend out uh, necessarily. Um, mm. he, he, obviously, he started the season with a 90-point boomer and then since That's then the
1: thing, yeah. has
0: been a little bit underwhelming. Um, and then obviously the injury kicked in. doesn't look like a long-term injury, so... It's a tricky one. Um, It it just depends how much you need the cover and you need probably fast points depending on what you're playing for.
1: I don't know if you really want Friend and McCulloch in your team but McCulloch's been a bit underwhelming but at least he's sort of been getting through his minutes and and not presenting any injuries. Um, The Mount Smart Joker is back. (laughs) He's got his question in time this week so thanks for joining us, Mr Joker. Uh, Last week I traded in Braden. I wish I had brought in John Bateman. The big Raiders doing well is young Burns' a sell. It's hurting my head at this uncertain. Extra points for... uh, poetic license
0: yes uh, it's hurting a few people's heads obviously before the um uh, the halves exodus, uh, we already knew that Burns was set for a decent stint on the sidelines, I think an ankle injury to compound a knee a complaint mm. as well. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, losing those relatively safe points down back is um, is really quite painful for fantasy coaches. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have other fires to put out, like you, Chris, and I think this week um, he's just the obvious answer to go. Sell him now for a base pricer, and you can pull in best part of two hundred grand. That sets you up to make a change if you need a, a gun half, so I think um, that's the obvious Obvious choice. Yep. Um, a, a, for Bateman, obviously a lot of us have uh, <laughs> a of remorse about not doing that last week as well.
1: If you can get him, then get him in. Um, Alessandro Talocca asks, who's the better cash cow option out of Chanel, Harris-Tavita and Bronson Sherry? Thoughts, I'll let you sorry? answer
0: that one. I'll give, get your thoughts on that.
1: I, um, I'm i probably leaning towards Bronson Sherry. I think Harris-Tavita probably has better job security given that Kieran's now been dropped, although if Warriors get pummeled for the next three weeks, then they could... Make the change back because it's obviously not the you know the black green halves partner that's the problem. Um, what I like about Bronson Sherry, obviously, we saw his attacking prowess through the trials. He can uh, he's got a real turn of pace on him, can score a try, can set up a try. Um, probably has four games pretty safe in the centres before he's at risk of losing the spot to Matt Moylan, and then um, once everyone's available, potentially out of the side. But if he goes well enough, he might be hard to drop. Um, Elvis Jagger Abdul-Jabbar, if that is your real name, mm-hmm. um, is thinking about Teddy, Angus Crichton, Callum Ponga and Mitch Rain. who he wants us to rank in importance. I'd say two of those are good buys and two of those are wait and sees.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I'd say probably he's got the most important one uh, at the rear there. I'd say Mitch Rain, Um again, if you can afford to this week with all the other issues, um, he just ticks all the boxes. Um, very good chance of getting upwards of 50 points a game. Yep. He's priced, I think from memory, 500,000, which equates to only about 33. He's very capable of putting 20 points on that on that starting price. So um, he should be priority one. Tedesco, as I mentioned um, earlier, uh, now is probably a good time to buy if you've got the money and you don't have the issues, uh, about 80K discount on his starting price. And yes, as you said, um I certainly wait and see if he retains the fullback position full time, especially with Connor Watson um, potentially coming back. And Angus Crichton, I just can't quite understand the uh, mm. consistent benching, but he's another one. Um, as soon as he retains a starting 80-minute spot, um, he looks must-have given what he's done in the past. Although I know in two, I think 80-minute games in the past two weeks, I think he scored something like 42 and 46. So yeah, you in you the probably, 40s twice. You want to see those 50-plus scores, probably even if he is playing consistent 80 minutes, if he's not getting those scores, then might just be a slight tweak in role or something that's holding back his fantasy potential. But I suspect Mm. at some point in the second half of the season, you'll be able to get Angus Crichton for an absolute steal and um, he'll probably get back to doing what he does Mm. best. Probably
1: worth mentioning on Crichton, when he was that absolute sort of tackle-breaking monster at South, the left edge forward was John Sutton, who's more of your creative structure, offloading type forward. And at the moment at the Roosters, he's got the the club captain... um, Boyd Cordner in there, and he's a 150-metre-a-game sort of guy who is going to demand a lot of ball. So I don't know if we might might not see uh, Crichton hit the, the heights that he's hit in the past with Cordner there. Moving on, Jackson asks, um, Mitch Rain and Ponga a must-buy this week? Probably answered that. Mitch Rain I don't know about must-buy, but a great buy, and Ponga, definitely a wait-and-see. Agreed. Scott McCormick has a longest question. Who's more desperate to trade out out of Burns, Edwards, Kieran, Marnie, Host, Capewell and Laurie? Um... The only one I'd really be looking to trade out with any urgency is um, Dylan Edwards, who's falling in price. Everyone else is either still climbing in price or not playing, therefore not moving in price.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Marnie, as you said, I think a mid-30s break-even, he could, he could probably still put on a bit of money. I don't think Marnie's likely to make massive cash from here. Um, Host has probably still got a bit of money in him. Capewell is um, a reliable scorer and and obviously a centre, so you can kind of just set and forget with him. Uh, Laurie, so has plenty of cash to make uh, on the evidence we've seen so far. Um, Burns, again, there's uh, money to be had by selling him, but you know, as, as you said, Chris, um, if he's mm-hmm. not playing, he's not losing value either. And if he does come back early, if he's back in three or four weeks even... Um, He's still got a minuscule break even, and and there's Mm. all the signs that... you know, he he could make a lot more money. He might be one that people even sell, and if he's gone for six weeks and they need a a buyback, if you want to stump up the cash, maybe 440 you might even consider getting him back if you've got a uh, bit of a gap at uh, wing fullback.
1: 100%. Carl Bedford asks, when should you start preparing for buy rounds and how many players should you aim to have playing in each round? Um, Richie, as someone who generally targets a bit of overall, would you say this is a little bit too early to be too stressed about buy rounds?
0: It probably is, and the main reason is the people who took um, overall seriously in the past um, often would have... Massive convoluted split, uh, spreadsheets,
1: yeah. and
0: um, that was because you were looking at sort of three major buy rounds yeah. and three minor buy rounds, where you'd see up to four or five teams out, uh, or four or six teams out in the um, even in the minor rounds. So it really required quite a lot of um, attention. This year, as I understand, just the two buy rounds, sort of either side of origins, yeah. um, which makes it a lot easier for coaches. Um, you know, uh, you probably want to have basically you know half your side playing for by round one. The same for by round two. You'd be looking to probably trade out a few cash cows who uh, aren't playing by round one just beforehand, uh, and bringing some guys in obviously for by round two who are due to play that week. So uh, with only two of them this year, it's not probably as much mm. to worry about. as my tip.
1: Hundred uh, percent. Jack Ziad is thinking about trading down Marty to power to John Bateman. Um, and then eventually getting Marty to power back, as attractive as Bateman is, I think that seems a little bit um, wasteful.
0: Yeah, look, um, <clears throat> unless things go catastrophically wrong under um, under Des Hasler this year, um, Martin to power averaged I think fifty six point seven last year. That puts him in the in the super primo category for. Um, Front rowers, uh, again, as I said, he hasn't quite hit the heights so far in the first three games with his, his um, attacking stats. Tackle busts really are the key to him going big. Um, just wait on Marty. And it, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm generally not a fan of selling um, one primo for another one who's rising in price. I need to get him back. That's obviously two trades. Um, I'd mm-hmm. look to get Bateman in some other way.
1: Worth mentioning, on to I was a bit worried that uh, the conservative stylings of Death Haslam might dry up his offloads. Now, while his offloads haven't been prolific the team's offloads have certainly last week in the, the win against the Warriors so I wouldn't be worried on that front either uh, moving ahead see Mitch is thinking about trading out McCulloch to Rain and also Braden Burns to Kalen Ponga um, all players we've talked about but McCulloch to Rain I do like given McCulloch hasn't really kicked on um, Burns to Ponga I'd ideally wait and see his second option is Jai Arrow to Rain <laughs> And Kieran or Brown across to Chanel Harris Tavita, and I think we both have the same opinion on uh, selling Jaro at this point.
0: Yeah, well, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, if you started with him, you're probably in the best spot of all. You've had one boomer, and then obviously last week's underwhelming score. Um, I would say very strongly don't sell him um, in, unless the minutes dry up. I would say, or, or for some reason his scores just inexplicably say low. Uh, Jaro is not a sell. Rain, obviously as we discussed, um, is a buy, but probably via other channels. Um, speaking of channels, um, Kieran Brown to um, Harris Tavita. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you've got halves issues and you need to solve it by getting someone at a low price, um, he's the obvious answer. Yep. Uh, oh, we mentioned uh, Bryce Cartwright as well. That's surprisingly the other
1: one. Yeah. Um, Sam Colgan asks thoughts on Kieran to Rain and Burns to Garrick. Uh, don't mind it, but uh, the second half sort of troubles me a little
0: bit. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Burns isn't going to lose any money, but also um, there's a fair bit of value to unlock there by selling him, which a lot of people will probably turn to this week to raise money for other positions. Um, I mean, Chris, you're a Garrick owner. Uh, I have a bit of a thing about bargain price wingers. Um, You know, you'll see the SEVO score one week and then there's nothing to say they won't score single digits the next week. So I'm not convinced he's a buy given he's already probably put on 50 grand of
1: rises. Well exactly there seems to be more and more rookies flowing through We've obviously got Bronson Sherry at bargain basement price this week, I don't think getting on Garrick who's a, um, a fairly inconsistent winger and a fairly inconsistent team who's coming off 230s and made a bit of his cash is really, you might have missed the boat there just look for one of the other cashies coming through Dylan asks McCulloch out for Rain and Sean Lane out for Tom Turbo are those good trades? I uh, don't mind the first one, I'm not sure Lane's quite a sell
0: yeah, look, one underwhelming score. He started the season, I'm not an owner, but I recall he started the season, I think, with a 50 and a 40. Um, he certainly, historically, when he gets a go, whichever of the, I think, three or four clubs he's played mm. at so far, he does show signs that he can score um, really well. Um, 34 on the weekend, obviously, is probably not what you wanted, but I don't think he's a sell just yet. Um, Tommy Turbo, as I mentioned before, mm, probably not the time to buy him um, because mm. he's just hit a booming score on his on his starting price, so he's probably slightly overs, but... You know, he, he will probably be a top four fullback. I'd suggest after if Ponga ends up back there, it's him and Tedesco, and then one of two of or, um, or Tommy Turbo for your last spot. So he's definitely a trade target leader uh, later in the year. For
1: sure. Paul Burns is uh, thinking that Jacob Host must surely be a sell, and is Lothlin Lewis a keeper? Um, Host, not a sell yet. Lewis, probably a keeper?
0: Well, on current evidence, absolutely. Um, yep. he's, I don't think he's someone many people started with. He, he made most of his money last year. Started this year, it's sort of of um, a medium sort of to Mm. high price Um, he's just been basically if you're going to get on a a mid tier fullback uh, sorry halfback to start this year he was one you wanted to be on so give yourself a pat on the back if you've got him if you don't I wouldn't be convinced he's going to hit 55-plus week in, week out, but enjoy the ride if you've got him.
1: Absolutely. Geordie Bevis is, uh, reckons Nathan Cleary has been extremely disappointing. <laughs> Doesn't even seem to be kicking at the moment due to a groin niggle. Thoughts on trading him out for Turbo or Ponga? Rich, as a Cleary owner?
0: Yeah, I've been on the Cleary bandwagon a few years now. Um, I think he's he's an absolute gun. Um, I think the stat pre-season was he was priced, I think, at 50 and a half. if you started with him. And the stats say that when he's kicking goals and not hampered by injury, uh, he averages 61. So yeah. there's certainly a lot of upside with Nathan Cleary, um, as you mentioned as well, Chris. Um, the Panthers have been fairly underwhelming uh, the first three rounds. Uh, their attack hasn't clicked. Um, when they're scoring a lot of points, Cleary is often integral um, with tri he likes getting over himself and obviously um, he's a, a dead eyed dick with the boot too, so if, if the Panthers sort of get it together, they start putting 20-30 points on a game, you probably see mm. Cleary go from getting the high 40s he's got so far to probably back up to the high 50s, mm. there's nothing to say, you can't do that.
1: And as touched on in the question he has uh, passed on the, the kicking duties, the goal-kicking duties that is due to a groin niggle um, only cost him one goal against the Storm because they kicked that penalty at the start, <laughs> but I don't expect that to um, to hang around too long so he should get the goals back you would think. Um Geordie Bevis also thinking about trading Shenil we'll Harris, Harris-Tavita Harris in for Kieran. Um, yeah, I guess if you need a scorer, that's probably yeah. the logical option without upgrading to a primo. Can of worms. How likely is it that Ryan
0: Madison will score 51 points this week? Um, if you're a statistician, you'd probably say extremely high. when yeah. he's done it three weeks running. Um, more realistically, that's probably around what you'd expect from him long term. He's, he's a busy, mm. busy second rower. Um, sort of came of age last year. Was... I think price is about 46 start of the year, so you're getting slide overs so far. Um, if you're an owner, you'd probably be hoping to see him turn the 50 ones into 60 ones, but um, certainly an encouraging start. He probably will get
1: 51 this week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Corey says is his a must have. He's a player I haven't actually tracked that much this year, but I understand he's another one in that category who is was fairly keenly priced to start the year but he's um, scoring well above his average. I don't know if you've got the numbers in front of you but... Um I'm just
1: going to bring them up because our guest uh, fantasy coach Damien Cook the cheeky bloke that he is bought Dale Finucane after round one. Now I have no idea how he knew what was going to happen but uh, I'll just pull up his scores. He got... Forty-four in round one, and then sixty-two in round two when Cookie bought him in. So I don't know what Cookie knows that we don't this is what know <laughs> inside of trading. I think, yeah. yes,
0: um, um,
1: but yeah, sixty-two and fifty-nine in the past fortnight.
0: He's pretty good. Can't cool. argue with those numbers. Um, again, if he keeps it up, then um, at his price, you're getting ten points of overs. Um, he's, a, he's a good football player. Um, fantasy aside, and now he's, he's getting it together in the fantasy stakes mm.
1: too. Far too steady, I would have thought to be a must-have. But uh, you know, if you want to take a punt, then all the best. Uh, Sam Poole is thinking about trading Matt Gillett. To to Finucane again, um, or K-Brom, Kenny Bromwich, um, and James Tarmo to Rain, Napa or McLean any thoughts on those different permutations?
0: Yeah, that's a bit convoluted, a few combinations there. Um, yeah, Gillette, uh, as we mentioned um, earlier, back out to an edge, which uh, I I bought him in after week one. Big mistake, scored <laughs> 30 and 29. Um, the edge might suit him better. Um, his game, potentially, minutes should go up, maybe slightly less involved, mm-hmm. but he's a, a very strong tackler. Um if you've still got him now and you haven't sold him after the last two weeks, I'd recommend seeing how he goes this week. Um, Finucane, we just discussed. Um, K Brom again, you're probably getting overs on him start of the year. Tamo's is another one. Um, not normally fantasy relevant, more of a sort of a low mm. 40s averager. Uh, he hit 90 in week one, as I recall. Yeah,
1: with a try and a huge tackle count.
0: He was everywhere. Um, uh, one swallow doesn't make a spring. I would say that he's not a long-term buy. Uh, Ray a yes. Uh, Napa, uh, that's tricky. If you've... Got nothing better to do, and you want to get on that. For now, he's put on 110 grand the last two weeks. Still got a very low break-even priced. I think about 450, 460, which puts him around the only the it's still only the. um, you know, just a tick over 30 average. So he could well and truly exceed that, but I, I wouldn't be expecting mm. another try this week, but he probably will.
1: History would suggest he's not going to keep up this try scoring rate, I wouldn't have thought. And uh, I don't know he takes one low score and then he's break-even suddenly up around 30 and then he's
0: sort of done his dash. You mentioned McLean there just at the end. Sorry, I missed off McLean. Um, yep. Certainly one to consider. I don't have his price in front of me, but um, he's definitely one to consider, even though he's a little bit more Xy, I understand. But um, while... Um, uh, Jason Tamalo is out. And I think he's he's quite long-term, isn't he? we eight to ten more weeks, potentially, for Tamalo. Uh, tenish, I think. Yeah. It's a fair height. So mm. that could give McLean a good chance to shine and keep hitting 50-plus. Huddy uh, J
1: is back with more draft questions. Uh, Nick Meaney against the Storm or stick with Dylan Edwards uh, on form? I, I don't know. Meaney did well, but Storm are a very good defensive team. Um, I'd almost, probably say neither. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's one of those two, I'd almost back to Dylan Edwards. He's a good tackle breaker if he bounces back from last week, which you'd hope he would. Um, and his second question is sort of forced to start with both Tohu Harris and Isaiah Papali'i from the Warriors. Um, I don't think that's a problem at all. They're both pretty good players.
0: Yeah, Harris um, was terrific last year. He was one of those sort of mid-price uh, guys last year who
1: More or less exceeded,
0: yeah. This year, um, Price probably more close to his average. I noticed he was a bit quiet maybe last week and the week before. Um, But again, there are worse problems you could have this week. 100%.
1: Uh, Naily D asks, you've got cash in the bank. Is it better to stretch a mid-ranger to a fallen gun now, um, which I assume you're talking about your sort of James Tedesco types, um, or to reinvest in another cash cow? Um, For example, Jordan Cahu to James Tedesco or Jordan Cahu to a new cow?
0: Look, this question really depends what you need for uh, your team. I have a suspicion that when this question was written, uh, probably the full force of the team list hadn't, uh, hadn't Correct. quite hit. <laughs> so I suspect... There's um, our chap who's asking this question. Is it... Uh, Nalee D. Ha- yeah, Nalee D. Or, yeah, Nalee D has probably um, got uh, other issues on his mind now. Probably by now. It, it just depends what your team needs. Um, it's always worthwhile going for a, a fallen cow if... Uh, sorry, a fallen primo if... Um, you know, the price is right, but um, I suspect people are going to have a lot of spot fires to fix this week.
1: Finish off with FPL Kiwi, who's thinking about downgrading Cameron Smith to Mitch Rain so we can upgrade Kieran to a premium half. I'll Rich. let you answer that. One. <laughs> you don't sell Cameron Smith. You just don't. A few of us did it last year and um, Got live burnt. to regret it. Um, we've had about 40 more questions come in on the old Twitter machine since the podcast started. I'm up. Sorry we can't get to all of you. There's just been heaps and heaps and heaps this week. Um, but keep an eye on NRL.com. We're going to have plenty more. We've got the um, the Fantasy Preview Show on Wednesday, Lone Scouts Q&A on Thursday. Uh, Jamie Sow is back with his podcast on Friday. Uh, plenty more good stuff, all the late mail on Thursday as well. Keep an eye out for that. Um, Richie, thanks for joining us.
0: Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, big congrats to Dom and his, and his wife, and uh, he'll be back in the chair, no doubt, next week to tell you all about it. Fantastic. See you then.